Hello there, and welcome to Friendly Ties. Today, we're gonna to talk about a game whose theme I know that you've been raving and ready for. We're talking about Bats and Ghana. We're gonna do a Tiwa today. Yeah, so we uh, picked up a Tiwa. John, you actually played this like a handful of months ago, and I somehow didn't get on the train. Yeah, but Anastasia showed it to me yeah. last week and and introduced it in such a way she's like, mm, I don't know if you're really going to like dig this. I kind of like I'm not so sure myself. And then we played it and I was like, what do you mean? This was awesome. And she's like, yeah, this was awesome. It was. <laughs> yeah. So I played this for the first time. Wow. Like seven, eight months ago or so at Board Game Geek Con. Uh, it's one mm. of the new Uwe Rosenberg games. Uh, it's a worker placement game. And it. I immediately liked it. And from when I first heard about it, I thought it was kind of an interesting theme, like bat cultivation uh, in Ghana. Like, I I have no concept for to understand what's going on there. And then I read the rules and was like, wow, this seems too simple. Like, you know, maybe Uwe Rosenberg's kind of gone with, you know, swung back away from, like, all the heavy stuff he's been doing. And is this really going to be that interesting? Uh, but then I played it twice at Board Game Geek Con because the first play was just like, uh I, I'm really enjoying this. And I played it a second time with four players. And I distinctly remember feeling like I like this more than I feel like I should. And yeah, so I, I raved it about it a little bit to you two, but it's taken all these months until we actually are sitting here talking about it now in June. Um, and, and Anastasia and I played it a few months ago. And, and I remember you were, you were pretty shrug about it. And I was a little bummed because I was. I, I'm a little bit yeah. of a, I, I'm like really high on the Atiwa train to, so to speak. Uh, it, it yeah. It, it, I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. And so when you said that you played it with Nick and Nick liked it and you want to make an episode, I was like, yes, <laughs> I am ready. I played this <laughs> five sell. times. Let's go. Easy sell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. You know, you ever like pull out a game for like a for like a games night? You're like pitching it and you're like, I don't even want to play this. Like, why did I suggest it? Like, I don't like. <laughs> you have to be the champion. That's, that's kind of like, I don't even know. It was like. I was like, oh, this is like an easy pick. I guess it was like late and we needed something like not too long. And I was like, okay, like you haven't played this and I know you wanted to, but I wasn't you're right, Nick. Like I wasn't, I wasn't excited. I wasn't like not excited. I, I was like, I was just like, it, this one didn't stick with me after those. I actually played it twice. I played it once with you, John, and then oh, I played it right. again with our friend NJ. And I, I love Uwe and I have loved a lot of Uwe's games, but this one just kind of, fell in a place for me that I just wasn't like I, I was just kind of like take it or leave it I was like that was enjoyable I feel like I've seen it all I don't really feel like there's more to see I don't know and I gotta say like playing it last week with you Nick like it was just lovely it was like lovely I just like picked it right back up it was actually I think easier than I expected it to be it's a pretty light game just to yeah. give everyone some context it's not this is not Fields of Arley this is not a feast for Odin. This isn't even Hallertau. I've seen people compare it to Hallertau, and I think Hallertau is more complicated than this. This oh, is oh for sure. Where do you, where do you think this falls? I mean, I guess this is like a Gricola level, but even I feel like a Gricola is more. No, I don't know. It's it's less than than a Gricola too. Yeah. yeah, but it's not light, right? Like I wouldn't throw this in front of someone who's like, I like Ticket, I like uh, Splendor, no. and I'm like, let's no. play a Tiwa. Like that's a mistake. Like no, to, no, no. To me, no, this no, falls no. in the medium range of of what I would call complexity. Yeah, maybe like Glass Road level. I think. yeah, Glass Road's a great comparison. I think. Yeah, it's kind of there, but. You know, 
for us, you know, we play a lot of heavier games. So it just, it just, it was just a nice, lovely, breezy game. And so this is definitely a game that for me has improved with plays. And I don't say that often. Like I, I don't, I don't like to think that I dismiss games uh, too quickly, but I do feel like my first impression of a game is either I'm good and I like, I, t- I could take it or leave it. I loved it. Or like maybe I didn't like it and I, I know that, but I want to explore it more because I can see that there's something I might like, but it's kind of rare for me to have that kind of shrug feeling on a game and then have it grow for me. And so this, you know, this one kind of surprised me with that. You know, you can compared it to Hollertau. Hollertau is like wild and chaotic, right? Lots of cards. Like this yeah. game has its system. There's very mild randomness in it, yes. which I guess is the the Incredibly terrains mild. that come out. Yeah. And that's that's about it. You know, it's it's just what the just what the terrains are and you have kind of a choice of which of those you're going to pick up anyway. I I think that uh if you master this game, it becomes unfun because you just play the same thing probably each time, but for cult of the new folks which i think the three of us you know skew cult of the newish as individuals it's really fun to explore and pick apart the puzzle and like see kind of like what what can i do that's most efficient here and for me without sitting there and being like ah oh, this is worth that and this is worth that you know just kind of like viewing everything a little bit more like in gestalt and being like all right well here's how i get some stuff and i would like to trickle up more income for my stuff and i want to make sure this stuff happens that's a lot of stuff going on and that's yeah. enjoyable yeah i mean yeah, i mean 100 percent. when you first glance at the game it looks like the simplest worker placement game ever you know you got a board in the middle of the table you put workers down uh everyone has three workers per round you can't even buy no new workers and when you put a worker down it's next to a spot with a bunch of icons on it and you get the stuff the icons show you and the icons are simple if it's a bat you get a bat if it's a goat you get a goat if it's a family you put a family down it's incredibly simple but i think the reason why the game has kind of enchanted me is because of this seemingly secondary system that actually is the beating heart of the game and that is that uh everyone has a board in front of them with i guess it's i think five different tracks where you got wild animals and then trees and then you have fruit and then you have families and goats all these things in line and you have your own kind of supply of them and as you like add a goat you take a goat from your own area and put it onto your board removing it from your board and revealing kind of a, uh, a number usually that has some effect in the game um, you know almost like something much more complex but like eclipse or you know other euro games where as you pull things off you build up an engine but what this essentially is is an ecosystem and i find it so satisfying to play with because every single round okay you do your worker placement i go you go they go i go you go they go until we've all played our three workers but then we all get to do our own little bookkeeping and in this game the bookkeeping in my opinion is the fun like i mean the, the worker yep. placement's fun as well but yep. no, the like, bookkeeping yeah no bookkeeping is the fun part you're like yes it's totally. time to do bookkeeping you know you do income and that's simple but then you run your wildlife and you check to see like how many wild animals do you have if you have enough then you gain a new um, tree and you put a tree down in front of you you have a little area with a bunch of cards you can expand and then depending on the number of trees you now have you get fruit and then you put the fruit down and then depending on the number of fruit you now have you gain bats and 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 now is the key word there because you do the wild animals first and they might make enough trees to make it so that you get even more fruit and now you put enough fruit down to go to the next tier to put even more bats down and it's just like here's some stuff here's some more stuff here's some stuff because you got stuff because you got stuff and then 
you have to feed your families <laughs> because it's a new way Rosenberg game. <laughs> and, it, and it, it would not be a new way game no, if you didn't have to feed your families. It at the really end. wouldn't be. It really, and they're worth a lot of points. But man, they they will plow through some fruit, some goats, some wild animals, even bats if you if you let them. <laughs> and the trickle down <laughs> economy is is so rad though, and it it's is. really satisfying. It I, is. I yeah. don't. I I can't explain why being like. Whoa, well, I have these animals, and so I'm now making four fruits instead of three fruits because I have an additional <laughs> tree. I don't know why that feels so good, but it really does. And it's, I think it's because that like step by step thing. So, you, if you've like looked at it and you're like, oh, I, I took this spot, it just it makes you feel so clever, even yeah. though it's like you get plus one of this thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. easy to it execute, does. but you feel like a mastermind when you like yeah. pull that one <laughs> extra tree to unlock <laughs> one extra fruit to get one extra bat, and you yeah. are a genius. <laughs> it does feel so good. And for those of you out there that are like me, that you can't stand it when you miss one thing or when you don't have room for something and you waste it. Like I hate wasting resources. It does come with this like slightly double-edged sword in that you are creating, producing this like wonderful, you know, system, this ecosystem of things, but you do not have limitless storage. And that is another component of the game, you know, that you are... You are in control of the storage you are building, but the terrains that you take or the landscapes that you take, what's the other tile called? The terrains and terrains the other, and locations. The yeah. Locations. So you take the terrains and, and the locations. You are you have those are different worker placement spots, is is taking these tiles and placing them out, but you can pollute them and lose spaces and you can they the spots on them have restrictions and so you can't place certain things on them. And so as much as you are, there's a bountiful resources, it seems like it can be exceedingly frustrating if you don't have enough room to take something or you think you can take something and you didn't have a space for it or in taking something, it kind of messed up the way your ecosystem went and, and that kind of thing. In fact, you know, I just lost the game that we all played tonight because I didn't have room for a single bat and that yep. bat was worth one point and that was the game. Like in a hundred and five point game, I lost because I didn't have space for a bat that I had earned, that I had made, but I had no home for him. To, yeah, you had twenty nine bats, in. but you only had space to hold twenty eight of them, the and eight. therefore you lost <laughs> <laughs> or didn't win. I guess yeah, <laughs> didn't win. Yeah, and you know there were other factors in that that we'll talk a little bit, a little bit more about. But that's just that's just a piece. I don't I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer because I could not agree more with what the guys just said. Like I feel exactly the same way. It's the coolest part of the game. It's so satisfying. But it does, it can trigger that and that feeling. And I think that's, that, that's, that's, that's what the game is about. But it can be frustrating. I actually, I quite like the storage mechanism, mini game, whatever you want to call it as well. For those, it's, it, it's very elegant, right? You get a bunch of tiles that are three by threes, but you don't get to use the top corner. So there's eight spaces on each of them, which means they can hold eight things. But different tiles have different, they're different types of tiles. So... Yeah. Um, the, the haunted house which is one of the funniest uh, of them has a house oh, so and a creative. bunch of bats that live there <laughs> yeah. um, and that's all it could really store whereas the mangrove is wonderful because bats and wild animals and trees can live there and there's a lot of wild spaces so you have sort of a lot of flexibility in what goes on 
um, on that board. Uh, on the other hand, there's the plantation, which only puts trees, but also it's worth a couple points because they acknowledge that, you know, it's a little bit more limiting. And I really dig that. Like, that's, it's, it's not such a limiting factor that it's hard to manage in the game. Like, it's pretty easy to get access to additional storage. Uh, but you care about what you're what you're deciding to pick up for that reason so i i like that the challenge that that adds because it again it feels satisfying but isn't actually difficult um and so this game does a lot of that for me like striking something that's like again i feel like a mastermind but let's be honest i'm just like (laughs) these things just go slightly differently in the refrigerator at the end of the day i have played this game five times and i it genuinely never occurred to me that it's just a storage building game <laughs> i don't know i don't know because I, I think they kind of masked it with the theme uh you know like you said you haunted house uh it's a card you place it down it's got this house and the bats around it there's a cave there's you know the, all these different types but but yeah you're right it's just expanding your fridge or your warehouse or whatever and you can only put this certain thing here and this certain thing there and yeah, during that um, you know administrative phase or whatever, and you run your little um, ecosystem, it's just showering you with stuff that you got to put into cubbies. And maybe that's part of why it's so fun because the game, it, it's it, when you distill it down, it's just get stuff, spend stuff, get stuff, spend stuff, which is Euro games in a nutshell. But but it, it like it really leans into it. It's like that's literally all you're doing. And here's some here's some fancy thematic reasons for why you can hold you know, seven bats here and only two bats there, but you know, three goats because they're behind a, a fence, you know? <laughs> yeah. All that, all that stuff in, it interlocks very nicely, right? Yeah. The, like where the storage goes, where the incomes of the various pieces are. And it, and it does so in a way that, you know, normally when I look at a game, it's like, Oh, there are six or seven different resources. You're like, Ooh, that's going to be, that might be a lot of management here. Here. It's all very, yeah, it's, Anastasia called it breezy earlier, and I just couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. Again, for yeah. a gamer, it's not something that you would just like show to anybody and play with, you know, people that are, are not into games. But for gamers, it's a very breezy pickup. Yeah, quick to play, too. We played a three player game in an hour and 15 minutes earlier. It's breezy in that sense as well. It is. And I do think that, I do think that this is the kind of game that if you are familiar with worker placement, I do think this this game can kind of hit multiple levels at once. And and what I mean by that is like this is a kind of, you know, multiplayer solitaire game. Like obviously like any worker placement game, the interaction on the spots is really the only interaction in the game. And I think that Nick and I were kind of talking about this in the game we played last week. Like some of the spots didn't seem all that valuable, but as I've played it, I've now played it four times. It's spots I never used, I didn't use in the first game, wouldn't even considered using, I'm using now in this game. Like, And so, you know, I know that about Uwe Games because I know him as a designer. I know that like pretty much every spot that he puts on the board has some usefulness. It's there for some reason, for some strategy, for something. But I, I you guys use the pay gold for two we all used it you know for two goats we multiple times this game i would have never used that i didn't use that in any other game that i have played and so i do think that the way that the tiles come out and the way that there's this really interesting mechanic that changes the way the worker placement spots are in every game there's seven rounds and while the spots are pre-printed on the board you place these tiles on top that move they like they go out 
in a row and then they move every round. So the spots, the worker spots, worker placement spots actually change as you're playing the game and they change from the initial setup. There's always this kind of like variety at play. And I think that makes for very interesting and dynamic worker placement experience. There's not a lot of other games that I can think of where the worker placement spots are changing as often as they are changing here and still being so functionally dynamic. Like you're like, Ooh, that's really interesting, but it's also going to move. But it also, some of them will stay stagnant for several rounds and then they'll move. So it's, it's very interesting. They're all resource generating uh, for the most part. However, they create for a new dynamic. And I do think that that's something really engaging here. Um, Although I'm, I'm going off of kind of my point, which was to say, I think that gamers of all levels could access this game at at different places kind of where they are i think you could play this game and take the spots and be like i sort of see the larger puzzle and still have a great time and i think you could take a gamer like nick who is obviously very experienced and very very talented and he can have a great game because he can see really get into all of the machinations of it and and play that out and really enjoy it as well i mean I, i don't know about you nick but i know you keep saying it's a medium game but do you not think that like someone who's played i'm trying to think what like an entry-level worker placement is but that th- this could be like not a gateway but the next step after that for sure i mean i only i only wanted to be clear in saying that it wasn't light because i wouldn't want to just throw it on the table with someone and be like hey there's going to be a little bit of a lift for learning this right like if it's their yeah second worker placement game ever you know there's 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 a lot, a lot of like little numbers in this game right ones and twos and threes and fours uh and not everybody likes doing that much counting or bookkeeping and, <laughs> and if you're not a board gamer uh, you know this a lot of this game when we played is kind of like heads down management and if you have to yeah. you know at the table go around and do everyone's income phase separately because people are not feeling confident you know the game's gonna slow down a significant margin like this is right. this is a pretty close to heads down um euro at the at the pace and way that we, you know we're playing it and i think that's where it's probably most fun or most satisfying um and i think most folks can get there pretty quickly you know if they have yeah. if there's just one person at the table who knows what's going on like that's that's plenty to to do that yeah i would agree i mean i i think maybe this is a little bit old but a lot of people used to say that like the standard intro worker placement game was stone age uh and i (laughs) I was just thinking that i was like i literally didn't say that because i was like is it still stone age but you know i don't even know if it is it just shows how long we've been in this but uh, it was for (laughs) For me me, it's viticulture that's always the one Mm. that i'm like i think viticulture is more more popular in stone age these days would you believe i've never actually played viticulture that's wild. Are you serious? Yeah, that yeah, is that, wild. I'm not not against. That will be it, a friendly ties happened. coming soon. We'll do that one. <laughs> Lords of Waterdeep <laughs> is the other is the other worker. Yeah, placement. and the, and and that and Stone Age came out around similar times. And honestly, I'd say Atiwa is pretty similar in weight to those games. Um, like you just yeah. kind of they they punch a little bit differently. Stone Age has dice rolling, and Atiwa doesn't. Atiwa instead has a little bit of you know this into this into this. But I don't know. It, it feels. I mean, to a certain extent, I think my Atiwa games have been faster than my games of Stone Age. Uh, like, looking back, it's been a long time since I played that game, but, um, like, thinking back to it. I think that, like, what Viticulture has going for it, and gosh, I haven't played Viticulture in years, but what it does have going for it is the theme, right? So a lot of people understand, in terms of gateway, you know, work replacement, a lot of people understand, oh, this is how you make wine, or when you explain it, you know, and the seasons and the things, like... 
I think that, you know, even Lords of Waterdeep is another great example. You know, they kind of understand that, you know, if, if they're even remotely familiar with D&D and even just the way the, the colors and the the tokens work, like it's just, it's, you're, you're able to kind of conceptualize that. And while this game is gripping literally in the theme that it is, these bats in Ghana, it's not quite as intuitive, I think, because it's a slightly different culture, right? Like he's capturing that idea of a symbiotic relationship with bats, bats that live in your house, that you take care of, that, you know, nurture and, you know, their droppings feed into the ground. I just want to pause and just point out that when John told me about this game at BGGCon or, you know, via the interwebs from BGGCon, he described it to me as bats pooping and then people eating bats and their poop and i you know <laughs> i don't think i, I said they eat zero. as a <laughs> <laughs> like, there is a lot of bat poop in this game though there's like that was i mean i want to go find what he wrote because it was like they just were like talking endlessly about bats and their poop and i was like wow that just does not sound engaging to me. I'm like, I'm not gonna <laughs> right. So rather than dripping in theme, you mean droppings in theme? <laughs> yes, it is exactly. Droppings in theme. <laughs> I just, I, I this is, that was a, that was a personal turnoff. Um, and I still don't know. That I, like, it's just like, it's a sell for me. But it is. He does create a really beautiful ecosystem here with the bats and trying to find very cute and creative ways to bring in the haunted houses of tile that Nick pointed out, but there is something really beautifully captivating in the ecosystem between now I understand it, the bats and they, you know, they go off and then they eat fruit and then they're droppings, plant trees. I mean, it is literally droppings in theme here. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully there is no, uh, bat poop resource. That's been abstracted (laughs) away. (laughs) Um, the other small thing I want to say about, uh, accessing this game that i i quite dug but i worry about the replayability side of it is the breeding aspect of this game so it tells you hey on turn one two three four five six and seven like explicitly like these are the things we want you to have and if you do you get a bonus thing um for my first game playing i was like oh okay great i'll make the things that the game is telling me to make how wonderful um right. so it's nice to have those directions the only my my only criticism of this thing is that there's no variability in it and i can't help but wonder if there's a version of this game that did have some variability in what those like round by round goals are yeah but maybe it would just be a different game if that was the case so um I, I I I miss that opportunity for playability, but I dig the here's where you should be, here's what you're aiming for. And it's like, okay, cool. Well now now that the game has told me this, I at least have some targets to work towards. Yeah. I mean I think it is fair to I don't know, put like a disclosure here and say this game feels the same every time you play it. And if that's a problem for you, then this might not be for you. Um, for me, yeah. I played this game five times. I've enjoyed it five times. I bought a copy. I own a physical copy. I don't plan to get rid of it. We played tonight, and I had a great time, and I want to play it more. But that's because I know I'm coming back to the well of fun. Like, I know exactly what it is. Um, every time you play this game, you're going to be 
breeding bats. Every time you play this game, you're going to be putting down families. Maybe one game you make more bats than the other. Maybe this game, uh, the one we just played, Nick and I leaned hard into putting a whole bunch of families on our boards. Whereas Anastasia put half as many families, but went crazy on bats. <laughs> I love my bats. Don't touch my bats. And then the score was I had 105, Anastasia had 104, Nick had 102. So like these strategies all kind of coalesced. And, and so I enjoy the subtle differences. I, I will agree with you, Nick, though. I do kind of wish that there had been some advanced breeding mode where, you know, maybe there's like random tiles for the first two rounds, the second two rounds, of the, and then rounds four, five, six, seven, or whatever, just to like have a little bit of variability there. But to me, the variability of the game comes in with your opponents and those terrain cards. Because, you know, we mentioned there's terrain and there's locations. And locations are always the same. It's, it's essentially small town, slightly bigger town, bigger town, Town Town. They have different names, but th those are always the same. But then there's this row along the top of the board with um, with terrain tiles. You, you bring them out. I guess they're cards, but whatever. You shuffle that up and you bring those out, and new ones come out each one of the seven rounds. And and while, yeah, you are just you know essentially doing glorified storage uh, building for the stuff you have, the options that it brings definitely changes one game to the next. I mean, in, in that game we just played, there was a round where I knew I was going to be um, in the breeding phase getting a new family, and I needed a spot to put that family. And there was a terrain tile. Randomly, it didn't have to be out there, but it was, that could support one family. So I went there and got that, as well as some other benefits, instead of spending that action going and building a small village, which would have cost a lot more of my stuff. And so I was be able to capture the... Uh, the, the, I guess the initial randomness of that card being out there and being exactly what I needed, and that had a ripple effect. If that card wasn't there, I would have built a smaller or medium village, and that would have changed what I did later on in the game because of the decisions I did earlier. So I think there are butterfly effects that make one game play differently from the next to a certain degree, but nowhere near as much as you know, Zolkin or, you know, many other modern Euros where, you know, one person's doing thing A, the other person's doing thing B, and then we see, we, we, we compare our scores. Like, we're all doing thing A in this game. Yeah, every you do everything to at least some degree. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, arguably, that's not all that different than Agricola, right? You you are, you know, you can say what you want about the cards, that the card play in Agricola, but like, you are essentially the same action spaces are going to come out. You are fundamentally doing the same things. You're going for the same point areas every game. And so, you know, each time you play it is about, you know, how you use the spots, how you deal with your opponents and how you maximize your score. Right. And that's kind of what you've got going on here. I think the same could be said for Fields of Arlay too. I mean, it's again, the dynamic of one of the things that this game doesn't have quite as interestingly as maybe some of the ways other games is maybe that dynamic in the worker placement um, amongst the opponents because there are so many worker placement spots that you while you do feel like there are spots that you want that someone else is going to take there's no like resources gathering on spots That's or right. when you go here you know you are able to then use you know add things to to other things it, it, it just it it this what the dynamic aspect of the worker placement spots is what I was describing earlier, where the spots change throughout the game but it's and are different it's a every change. game. It's very subtle, and yeah. that I think is important. It's because when you think about it, there's what I'm going to count them right now: 28 worker placement spots, not counting the additional four at the bottom, which are like kind of the second best to take 
right. you know, spots from, you know. And that was for a three-player game, right? Yeah, that's 32, If you even if you count those. So 32 spots and we have that nine in workers. a three-player game? Yeah, nine workers. That's a lot of open that's spaces. That's a lot. That's a lot of open spaces. And in yeah. a two-player game, you only remove one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of those. Yeah. So, you know... That's a lot of spots. Yeah. So but at the same time, those spots are not created equal. Like, numerous times not. in this game, we put a worker down and the next person was like, ah! Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I should have got there first, say, <laughs> Totally. And I don't want to say that it's completely open either. Yeah. In fact, I think there is a lovely tug, both at two players and at three players. I think there is a lovely tug. Um, it's just not a brutal tug, which actually I think is 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 great. That's a plus for me for the game. It's not... There is something else to do, but there are spots that are at any given moment better for you or better. You know, they're just it's it's a worker placement game. Yeah. And there's, you know, let's say I go on the spot that has the goat and the tree with the fruit in it that Nick really wanted. Well, then he'll just go onto the spot with the goat and the the, the family or whatever. Like there's another way to get a goat. <laughs> it might not be the way that he specifically wanted. But again, that change like me getting in Nick's way will be another ripple effect. That you know, yeah. you have to deal with that. That will, yeah, you know, change things a little bit. And some of the spots are lesser versions, and and it is this is a game about efficiency, and so oh yeah, I kind of want to pivot us into like the the AP discussion of this because you cannot you cannot have a conversation about this game without at least acknowledging the massive potential for AP that I think is here. That's interesting that you say that. I have not really run into it, and I feel like I can get suckered into AP just as much as, as the next person. But I, in my place with this one, I've, I found it... Like, sometimes I, I, I think a little bit, but I wouldn't say I I ever get, like, concerned about the amount of time I'm taking on one of my turns. I think that because there is what feels like a, a solvable puzzle mm. here. Yeah. You know, like, you guys are talking about the breeding. The breeding doesn't change. On one level, I think that probably plays into the theme to a certain extent, but I also think it's it's sort of designed you can almost see it that it's like designed to help to be like, cool, you need to be building the bat colony and then you need to be focusing on your people. Like there's, there is almost an arc because suddenly like halfway through the game, you're not breeding bats anymore. And it kind of makes it sort of clear that, you know, you want to have wild animals at the beginning. And then by the end, it's like they actually go up and then go down. It's like, it's, there's almost becomes this, there's almost like a clear path it isn't clear, but it feels like if you played it enough, you could see it where you're like, yes, I should have a lot of wild animals and then I should eat all my wild animals because they're not as valuable as having my goats and I should not eat my goats. I should start, you know, getting goats later. And I'm, I'm sure that, you know, that kind of follows a process of how this society and how this ecosystem would be created in that way, right? You'd start with wild animals and then later you'd have domesticated goats and blah, 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 blah. Like, so I see that, but the fact that it is static means that I can know that, that I can say that to you, that you can start thinking about that, that I could tell someone who's playing that. And suddenly I'm thinking about that. Then I'm thinking about needing to have the exact amount of trees. And then I don't want to have too many trees because if I put all my trees out, then I won't be able to maximize how many f- fruits that my bats eat. And then the f- how many fruits that I eat, I need to make sure I have at least six fruits so I can maximize my fruits. I need to have spaces for my three bats. I need to have, like you, there are so many things to think about in terms of where do your resources go? Is every level, every line of your engine going? Are you taking the right spots? I mean, the last two rounds of the seven rounds, I could have sat and stared at that board, I kid you not, for 10 minutes 
trying to f- you figure out if I had had the time <laughs> to yeah. figure out exactly what I wanted. And even after, we, so we quit. Pl- so we played this game. It was lovely, freezy, hour and ten. And then you took we a all photo. took a break. We t- <laughs> oh, John, I didn't take a photo. Y'all hopped off. We took like a dinner break. Y'all hopped off, and I just stared at the game for like ten extra minutes, analyzing if I could have done my last two workers differently yeah. to have scored one more point. Until I figured out that I could have in my out of my three workers, my second worker, I placed it somewhere where I got one point, and I could have done a different action, and I could have gotten two points, and I would have won. I hate that. I hate that that is possible. I hate that I know that. I hate that that's how the game ended. And this is what I mean. Like the fact that I know that makes me want to spend so much time looking at my turns. I want to be a player that plays breezy and I can be, but it is like, it is like tantalizing in front of me. This and game I is beckoning you to, to run the numbers. There are going to be players who are going to want to do that. I, yeah. I, I caution you now. Heed my warning. It is there. Disagree with me, Nick. <laughs> no, no, I agree with you. I actually think that, it, and and that side of the APness of it is unfortunately very boring. There's really nothing that interesting about being like, oh, that play was two points and that play was three points and wait, but I have to figure out if that's two or three because if I get those things, then the cascade is going to happen. Then I'm going to eat that guy so it's actually not worth the one point that i thought it was okay so that's yep. two and that's two well okay let's now yep. compare to this next action and <laughs> that is that is a little tedious i think i think uh it has the danger of, of walking into that trap but if you're willing to play it a little bit more breezy you know nothing bad is going to happen you're just going to wind up losing by a point sometimes yeah. and i think the game is i think the scoring of this game is generally going to be very tight um, I think because the ecosystem is so interconnected and because, I don't know, Uwe is just a genius with all the numbers right now. I don't know how he does it, but yeah. Yeah, it's you could view this as a good or a bad thing. I think some people would be like, oh, the game is very tight. You know, I do all these strategies. This game is very balanced, right? I think I could hear some people saying that. For me, it's a little bit more on the negative side in the sense of like, you can't really shoot yourself in the foot. You can't really do anything amazing either. So, you know, it's it's mostly about getting these like tiny little edges over the course of the game. Uh, and I like the game. It's fun. But if you're looking for something that could be a little bit more bombastic or a little bit like your decisions are very impactful, this game is a bunch of like minorly impactful decisions. Yeah, uh, I actually want to sling some numbers around because while I have been very high on this game and I am, I, I really enjoyed this game. It's what, honestly one of my favorite games from last year. Uh, I, I do have a little bit of a raised eyebrow with regards to the scores. Uh, like tonight, we just played a three player game and I thought I, well, I did win, but I won by one point, but I thought I had it in mm, the did you bag. Win? I mean, I could have had it. <laughs> I'm just saying like, but I, I thought it... I was, Blowing you out because I had a plan and a plan was coming together and I was doing this, I was doing that. I was sure I was going to win by a, a reasonable margin. And the game ended. It turns out Anastasia thought the same thing and Nick also thought the same thing. We all thought that we were winning. Uh, maybe Nick I didn't thought, think I was winning. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't, and I didn't think I was going to blow you out. But then the scores were, you know, 102 to 105 um, in, the, in the overall yeah. span. So I've played this game five times and the average score has been 99 points. And the average winning score is 106 points. And I've played this in my five plays 
my scores have ranged between 102 on the low end and 110 on the high end. So in five games, my score has varied by eight points in a game that scores over 100 points. And I just think that is... I can't help but start to wonder, is it too balanced? <laughs> like, yeah. is is everything you're kind of doing worth about the same number of... Like we said, um, Nick and I both you know, had all of the families out, which uh, gives you a ton of points, and Anastasia didn't, but then Anastasia had a bunch of bats, and then our scores ended up being virtually the same. And it just yeah. it just has me, like, I can have a lot of fun with the game, but I also, I yeah, I, I worry how much how much of the win is me, or if it's just, you know, this tiny little ripple difference when just about everything is worth about the same amount of points. Well, and that's my problem with the AP, right? Like, yeah. if every, if, if you know... This is a game where you can lose by one point. How can you not overanalyze yeah. your action? I mean, you can. You totally can. It is possible <laughs> to, <laughs> to not overanalyze your action, but it's a lot harder to than in a game where the swing is going to be 10 and 20 points. In this game, when you know... Or even like 10 and 20%, right? You know, like looking like, like really extrapolating out, like not even at the point values. Like the difference in these scores have been minuscule from a percentage minuscule i have a hard time seeing a blowout where somebody gets twice as many points as somebody else totally and your resources are points right like yeah your bat so just to be clear in terms of what is kind of the point area so people can get a sense of this your gold is points and you can you spend gold in a variety of ways throughout the game and so you are always kind of choosing do i want to spend points or do i want to keep points and your bats are points after the first 10. And so, you know, that's a, a similar thing. The terrains that you take are points and some of them are negative points. And so do you want to take a negative terrain, you know, because it gives you more spaces that are good for you? Do you want to take one that gives you points? And, you know, we talked about the resource board, how how much you can clear that board also points. So that's why, you know, families are a significant amount of that, but then your families need to eat. And then by eating, those resources go back on the resource board. So there is another kind of calculation there that you need to like work through your brain. It's like, cool, I'm getting all these points for families, but if I have to put resources back, then those resources are now, I'm now have getting less points because my board is less clear. Yeah. And I think that all of that, you know, it, that first game, it gets easier the more you're familiar with what resources you're going to need, but it's still quite a bit of computation that is possible knowing that this game is going to ultimately end up in a swing of what were our scores in our first game, John? I'm curious. <laughs> that was my lowest score. I had 102 and you won with 105. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> nope. Okay. So th- I want to I say this. in the three times I played with a combination of the th- two of you, 104, 105, 105. Case in point. Kind yeah. of absurd. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like that's a bit of a, a damning criticism of the game, but it doesn't take away from the fact that I've had fun the whole time I've played it every time I played. Even if my scores can end up being virtually about the same, it's just funny. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's a fun game to play. I think it is a mistake to try to master this game. Like, you'll ruin it if you play it too much. Like, yeah. you should pick it up and play it once, and then, like, three months later, be like, I like a Tiwa. I'm going to play a Tiwa again. And then you could do it again six months later or something like that. You know, you, you should give yourself a little gap. Yeah. Because if you get into this game, I think you'd, I think you'd solve it. I mean, I, I guess I should... I feel like I'm making a judgment of something that I've played twice. Yeah. But it feels like it extrapolates to that. Yeah. And it is one of those games where, like, you can put it down for six months and then bust it back out again. 
and it, it it'll take you a handful of minutes, maybe five minutes, to get back up to speed because of the simplicity yeah. of the icons and that kind of stuff. So says the professional board game teacher. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, no, well, but I do want to say to this, I, Nick, I think what you just said perfectly explains what what we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, which is like, Anastasia, how could you take a game that you were kind of shrug on right. and then play it again and then have such a, like, honestly, a lovelier time? And I think that's because in that first play, or even those first two plays, I played two times, you know, within a couple of days of each other. And I had that feeling of like, I could solve this and I want to solve this. And it's kind of starting to to like take away from the game for me. And then stepping away from it for a couple of months and then pulling out. I was like, oh, what a lovely night. Yeah. It was easy to remember. It was easy to teach. I don't often teach the games amongst us. And so I was able to teach it to, to Nick pretty quickly. This is not a game I want to solve, but this is a game that I could easily pull out and feel like over the course of like a year that I would like feel closer to like solving that puzzle without actually trying actively to solve it. Cause I think you're right. It would, it, it, it that quest alone ruins the game <laughs> my alternative explanation is that i'm just so delightful to play with that uh absolutely it's nick actually it's nick 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. i come with every copy of the game by the way so i think i kind of want to close my feeling on this game by coming back to something i've been telling most people when they ask me about it and that is that this is a game i like more than i feel like i should and i think part of that's because i am a board game professional uh, I started my YouTube channel out as a board game reviewer. I've reviewed dozens and dozens of games. I can't help but like turn that part of my brain off. And I feel like the reviewer side of my brain uh, has a big side eye to this game. Like, oh, the scores are really too tight. Is this game o- overly balanced? And, oh, is it actually that interesting? But then I look at the other half of my brain that's just like, wee! <laughs> you know, like every time I play, like, I'm going to move these around. And I'm, oh, I get free fruit. And, and I just it punches above its weight for me. Like I, I, I can't quite explain it even after five plays why I like it so much more than I feel like I should, but I do. And I guess that's what really matters. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it is, it has been very satisfying to play. It's, it's fun to do the little management things. I don't think, you know, for folks that are very discerning about what they're going to pick up in their collection, I don't know if this is for you, but if you're someone who's a prolific board gamer, who has a big collection I think this is well worth your time. It's it's going to be fun the couple times you play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, well, it doesn't necessarily do anything truly innovative or new. I think like how the resource management goes and the storage components are, it does feel, I don't think I've quite played this game. The worker apartment placement part, I could do away with. But the, but the like stuff you manage on your own board is nice yeah 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 i think i'm having a similar reaction to it that you you are john it's like a lot of the things that are kind of clear to me about why i have a game in my collection or why i like a game i are not in this game like there's there are pieces of it that make me be like like kind of give me pause like it's just it's not as there isn't an element of it that just draws me to it i can't say oh this 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 one piece is so unique that's why i have it you know i have a lot of games that i hold on to or i love to play because they just have some element that i think is so cool there isn't really that here the theme i think is really interesting but it's not a theme that i gravitate to i don't think like 
that's pooping is not necessarily a thing that I'm like, cool, yeah, let me like pull that one. It's not viticulture. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it's a different kind of culture. <laughs> <laughs> We're all growing things and nurturing. It's all agriculture here, but um, it's just not... It's not a thing that I would like pull out and be like, hey, do you want to play this this game about bats, the poop, and then you eat the bats? But nevertheless, it, it has been this very enjoyable play. It is it is a puzzle. Um, it does trigger my AP. The scores are super tight. Makes you want to analyze every little thing. But it's it was just so fun to play it last weekend. It was fun to play it tonight. There yeah. is a joy to just moving your pieces and the cards come out and they kind of make you smile and it's it doesn't do it in a lot of the ways I'm familiar with with gaming. It's just a lovely little experience. Could you want you mentioned the theme not appealing to you, and it did appeal to me when it came out. I like I like games hmm. about animals um, because yeah. largely because my partner is more inclined to like a game about animals. But I will add with this one, the theme of this game after playing it, I was like, oh, I want to learn a little bit more. And they had some stuff in the rule book, and I like read somewhere that I don't know if this is true, but I read somewhere that. Uwe like wrote like an essay or an article about like what he had like learned um yeah, about it comes this with the game and, yeah, yeah I, it, it like made me learn something about the world that i did not know before which i can't say for a lot of games and so i i 100 i quite dug that no yeah 100 percent. and i and i actually think that is such a boon to this game drawing attention to ghana trying to drawing attention to the bats how important these fruit bats are like the fact that I can now understand and explain that entire ecosystem that you are playing that out. And I do think that's, that's really special and unique here. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of our discussion on Atiwa. I hope that you all enjoyed listening and uh, let us know how you liked it. If you want to head over to, to the YouTube version of this recording, you can drop some uh, comments in there and let us know what your experience with this game is, or if we uh, piqued your curiosity. Thanks everyone. Thanks everyone.